Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Happy Sunday. It's Sunday and uh, August 27th, and we hope that you're at church or, well, maybe not right now. That'd be awkward. If you're listening to this while you're at church, please cease and desist. Stop the podcast. Right. And I mean... Listen to him in person. Yeah. Your pastor, whoever he is. Yeah. I'm, because that'd be rude to just sit there and listen to us during the sermon. So no doubt, <laughs> no, no joke when we were at the last church that we came from, I think it was a pretty regular occurrence to have something go off, uh, a podcast, a a song, someone's ringer. Was there any one of those things that was most either funny to you or most annoying? I think the funniest is when somebody has their Logos app open and they (laughs) accidentally hit R (laughs) and it starts reading because it's so hard to get it to stop. David Cochran Heath. Yeah, yeah that's the one because you don't hit r again to make it stop like there's a different button that you have to push i, I didn't know I, I thought it was command so people are like r. shutting their laptops <laughs> mic, <laughs> Someone just tucking it under their exasperated seat. just yelling at the Shh, i'm so sorry sitting on top of it <laughs> we're, we're done we're done yeah yeah man it is hard although uh, preaching in college ministry prepped me for distractions and in, in preaching anywhere else is that right yeah so if i tried to distract you during a sunday morning service would I be successful? I don't know, man. We had some, I loved them all, but there were some odd ducks mm. that would just like middle of the sermon, get up from front and center, walk. In the middle out, of the alley, the, or the aisle. The, you remember the doors in the 120 East? They didn't. <laughs> no frame of reference. The for gates the fact of hell, that, basically. Right, exactly. So I, I feel like that was helpful. Yeah. I'm okay. not easily distracted. All right, challenge least. accepted. Everyone well, at Compass North Texas yeah. is going to give you the best shot now. No, but I, I think you probably remember this. Our, our sending pastor would talk to us about how he would use his body posture to direct people's attention away from whatever was going on yeah. in the auditorium. So that. we would have sometimes, unfortunately, and, and thankfully rarely, but medical emergencies, something like yeah, that would happen. An issue. He would turn his back to whatever was going on and face the other direction, not out of disrespect for what was going on, but to try to encourage everybody else to, Hey, let's, let's focus in over here and and keep going. So yeah, that stuck with me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those are fun. I mean, I I think I, I I like when people's music goes off because then it lets me know what they're listening to. (laughs) And then I just think, Oh wow. Like what were you doing on your phone (laughs) that your your music started playing in the middle of the sermon? Thank you come in with party in the usa playing i mean it just goes off wouldn't be surprised at this point yeah well let's not try i'm not gonna try but i will keep an eye out for you hey let's get to uh psalms psalm 132 133 134 and 135 safe to say we're rounding third base in the psalms we are yeah in fact this week we get to some pretty meaty ones um psalm 139 Mm -hmm. specifically that's one of the the greats and we will hit on that when we get there but 
Psalm 132 is still within the song of ascents, although we are wrapping those up That's uh, right. this morning. Coming soon. And, uh, and so as we get into Psalm 132, again, the focus is on going to Jerusalem. And specifically in this Psalm, they're going to highlight the Davidic covenant, which we read about back in 2 Samuel chapter 7. So in 2 Samuel chapter 7, you had King David wanting to build a house for God, and he went to Nathan the prophet, and Nathan the prophet forgot to go to God first, and Nathan was like, yeah, that's a great idea. That's great. Let's do it. And God said, wait a minute, this is not part of my plan. And so then enters the Davidic covenant where God, through Nathan the prophet, went back to David and said, David, you're not going to build me a house. I'm going to build you a house. Mm. And eventually one of your offspring will sit on the throne forever and ever and ever, and his kingdom will have no end. And that is the Messiah. That's Jesus. That's right. And so they touch on that in uh, specifically verses 11 and 12. The Lord swore to uh, David a, a sure oath from which he will not turn back. One of the sons of your body, I will set on your throne. And there is the contingencies there. If your son keeps my covenant and my testimonies that I shall teach them, right? So Israel would go through exile where there would not be a Davidic king on the throne. And that was this contingency of this covenant here. However, there was always going to be the remnant preserved because God would not completely abandon this covenant. So what's the context in 132 then? How, why are they why are they saying this? Why are they bringing this to God's attention? I think it's as they are going up to Mount Zion for worship, they're anticipating and longing for the full realization of the Davidic covenant. They're, they're desiring the fulfillment of it. And so mm-hmm. they're anticipating that day. Zion would be significant in that. This is where the Davidic throne would be. And so it's on their mind as they go to worship there in Zion. Yeah, I think in verse 10, too, we also see some kind of hint of maybe they're feeling that sense of potential rejection mm. for the sake of your servant, David. Don't turn away from, uh, don't turn away the, the face of your anointed one. In other words, as we approach you, remember, you promised, please don't reject us. Don't deny us. And as we approach the, the worship sanctuary in Jerusalem, Mount Zion, um, we're trusting that you're going to hear us in these places. Yep. Yeah. And we talked about, do we still care about Jerusalem today. We'll look at verses 13 and 14. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell for I have desired it. Mm. So is he there right now? Well, no, he's he's not there right now currently, but is there a future where he will be there where, where Christ, the ultimate Davidic king will reign from Jerusalem for a thousand years? Yeah, we believe that that is coming. And so we should care about what's going on there. And Jerusalem will be, how would you say, remade. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a new Jerusalem yep. that's going to descend from heaven that will be our permanent dwelling place. It will be part of the new heavens and the new earth, yep. new Jerusalem. So it's never going to go anywhere. It's going to be kind of the central feature of our worship, uh, not only in the millennial kingdom, but also in the new heavens and the new earth. Yes. Yeah. Psalm 133, then we have another song of ascent in this time of David. And so this is one that's uh, appealing to the the goodness of unity. Um, again, as they're going up to worship there in Jerusalem, they're, they're thinking about being united together as one under the reign of David. And David experienced his fair share of disunity. And so he certainly, when we experience the lack of something, it really makes us appreciate the, the experience of it all the more. Um, and so here, I think David is saying, man, I, I know how good unity is because I've experienced the opposite of it. And how good is unity in the church? When brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, Essential. as it were, man, we what a great testimony that is to anybody mm. who would look at our church and say, man, those church people love each other. Mm. Some of the most special churches I've been part of had elements of this that just felt amazing, amazing. So this is something we should aspire to. God has granted us this through the the, the work of the Spirit um, as, a, as a result of Christ's salvation. We've been granted that unity. Our job is to live it out. And, and especially think about, again, they were getting ready to go to worship. So as you get ready to go to worship, it should be on your mind that I'm going not to be disruptive or divisive, but to be 
therefore in part seeking the unity of the, the body of Christ. As I go to serve, as I go to worship, as I go to, in so many ways for all of us, die to my preferences for the sake of the unity of the body of Christ. Okay. Rapid fire bullets here. Brief, quick. Uh, how do we, how do we pursue unity? Give us some practical exhortations. Yeah, I think the I mentioned preferences. I think identifying, knowing what what is a tier one issue, what's a tier two issue, what's a tier three issue. Tier one issue is going to be these are gospel issues. This is where it's okay to raise a flag. This is where it's okay to disrupt. Is if the the core issues of the gospel, the inerrancy and authority of the Word of God, um, the full deity of Christ, things like that. Key doctrinal issues are abandoned. Heresy is there. Raise the raise the flag. Okay. Cause a stir. Second tier issues are going to be issues where you may not agree with the doctrine of the leaders in the church, but this is not something we're going to divide fellowship over and say this person's a believer versus an unbeliever. Those are areas where you as a, as a family, you as an individual need to make decisions on where you want to land at a church, but uh, don't be disruptive if you choose to leave a church and go somewhere else for those tier two issues. I would say a good rule of thumb is to be largely in agreement with the church that you're at when it comes to the tier two issues, issues like um, free will versus uh, election or predestination or some shades that fall into that. Right. Right. Um, We would put spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts in that. Yes. Cessationism, continuation. Those are things you want to be largely in agreement with the church that you're at, but you know, there may be sometimes you choose to stay at a church because the rest of it is good and the other offerings in the area aren't as good. And so you're going to stay there, but you're going to die to that right. preference and not be divisive. Third tier issues are style of dress, you know, style of music by and large. Mm-hmm. Um, what color is the carpet? Do you, what, what is the facility like? Things like that. Those are things we're going to go, okay, I'm going to if, if the other things are in place, I'm going to die to my preferences on that and seek the unity of the body. So I shouldn't leave a church if they don't get my preference of donut. Like, right. I like jelly filled. Right. I actually like the cream filled. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Cream filled. I can also go for the raspberry. Uh, if the church doesn't provide that. I can't leave for that. Dude, Dunkin' Donuts, the pumpkin spice donut hole <laughs> munchkin. <laughs> really? Oh my goodness. Okay. It's a game changer. I, I, I typically, I think Krispy Kreme is top of the game when no. it comes to donuts. No. No, no, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pumping up Dunkin' Donuts. People are ready to, to jettison us right now, and they're going Dunkin' Donuts. Are you crazy? No, just the pumpkin spice donut hole from Dunkin' Donut. It's a cake donut, so it's not super sweet. It doesn't okay. have a lot of sugar on it, but it's that. It, it I got we got it the other day for my kids, and I had one, and it was just like that little glimpse of fall that gave me hope wow. to, to press on. I might get a PSL on top of having one of those. Are oh, you I, bringing that to church I'm this not, morning? I'm not a, I'm not a PSL guy. Well, it's not uh, real it's too sweet. Anyway. Yeah, that's okay. Well, neither is the pumpkin spice donut hole, but they're, they're good. <laughs> so if anybody wants to bless their pastor with a pumpkin spice donut, I'm just saying it wouldn't be, wouldn't be rejected. Hey, Psalm 134 then um, is again, this is the last of the song of ascents. Cause you'll notice in Psalm 135, it's not there. This is the last one here. Wow. Um, and this is them calling on just the worship of God. Uh, all the servants of the Lord, bless the Lord. You who stand in the night house of the Lord, stand by night in, in the house of the Lord, lift the up your house. hands, the night house. I was like, what is the night house? That's not right to the holy place. So it's just a, a good end to these uh, songs of ascents. I, call to worship God and praise him real quick note here. Notice that the psalmist highlights a class of people that most of us may not really pay much attention to. That's those who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Mm. There's, and so I thought about immediately, I thought about man, people, people in the medical profession. I thought about people who, you know, for different reasons, different seasons are working in the midnight hour, the hours that nobody else wants. Yep. They have to do that. And in some way there is always a call for a certain kind of person. And God does this where he calls different people to endure different seasons for different reasons. Mm. Um, they're doing the grunt work. They're doing the work that no one else wants to do. And that is a noble thing. And I praise God for people like that, whether yeah. they're, whether they're pastors,
pastors uh, like ourselves who are you know doing different things in the middle of the night for different people, flocks and things, or people who are working in the hospitals or police officers yep. or people like that. Man, what a good thing it is that we have people like this who continue to do this year after year, hour after hour. Man, we're thankful for you. And, and man, hopefully you pay attention to people like this as you look at Psalm 134. Yeah. If that's you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're grateful for that. Sincerely. Yeah. Psalm 135 then, notice the repetition right off the bat. Praise, praise, give praise, praise. And so what is this psalm about? I think we should praise God. I think we should praise God. And he gives the reason, verse five, four, right? Again, pay attention to the prepositions in scripture. The prepositions in scripture help us understand so much about interpreting the Bible. Why should we praise him? For I know that the Lord is great. And that our God is above all gods. Whatever the Lord does or pleases, he does in heaven and on earth and the sand and all the deeps. In other words, we can't stop his hand. We can't stay him. We, we can't prevent him from doing what he's going to do. And what he's going to do is going to be good because it's that which brings him pleasure. And so we should worship him. We should praise him. He's worthy of it. Uh, verse 13 in this Psalm though stood out to me. Your name, O Lord, endures forever. Your renown, O Lord, throughout all ages okay you are the lord the famous one <laughs> the remember famous that one? one i do That's Chris what I thought about. Re- um yeah it, and yet i wrote next to this in my bible uh, today question mark like mm. does does his renown is it present today in the world and yes we would say yes yes passively but how actively present is it in the world in other words what do you mean by that because I would say yes, active and passive. He, it's active within the church, but we live in a, by and large, in a society, a world that that hates God. I agree. Right? Yeah. And so, the the name of the Lord. You go to your average wherever today, and mention God, mention Jesus. You're going to get more vitriol than you are worship from people. You're going to mm. get more hostility than you are admiration and respect from people. Okay. And maybe that was different twenty or thirty years ago, but increasingly today. And it's mild in the United States, very mild compared to a lot of places in and the world. Super right now. mild in North Texas, right? But still, it's this idea that I, I just thought to myself, okay, I, I and I'm not denying, I'm not contradicting scripture. Going, this isn't true. Hmm. Um, it is true. I, I just think the burden is on us all the more as the church to make sure that we are praising Him, answering the call to the Psalm, and making sure that His name is renowned throughout the ages in this present age where we are, are currently finding ourselves. Yeah, what a good reminder, Pastor PJ. I was uh, I was looking at Facebook yesterday on um, one of the web pages that I think a lot of us are subscribed to, and one gal was asking if it was a thing in Prosper ISD that parents weren't notified if there was going to be a pep rally or something where there was going to be prayer or some kind of religious, I don't know, religious talk, a sermon we might call it. And so many North Texans went out there and just lit her up. Mm-hmm. Don't bring your California here. I'd, hap- I'd happily help you pack your bags and send you back to California. Man, uh, yes, it is this way. And don't you dare change it. Just go somewhere else. Please leave. I'm reading through all these comments. And clearly, these are people who value prayer and value some form of religious I- identification. And I'm thinking if I were her, I would want nothing to do with right. your religion. Right. So talking about bringing God's renown and may, let it be that Christians are acting in Christian ways, that we're acting in Christ-like God-honoring ways by not just our words and what we say, but how we how we live right. and how we exemplify that. Right. Don't hide behind a keyboard either. Amen. Right. 
First Corinthians chapter eight, then as we jump into the new Testament, speaking of loving people and caring about people, uh, first Corinthians eight revisits the concept of the weaker brother and uh, does so within the context of food offered to idols. And so he's going to make a caveat here. And, and Paul's going to say, look, we know idols are nothing. Idols aren't real. Not they're, real they're, things. they're fake gods. And yet there are some that have come out of that culture or some that just have an, an overt sensitivity to those things that for them, for you to eat an a meal that had been first offered to an idol for you. You don't care because it's like, well, that idol is nothing and this is good steak. So I'm going to eat this. <laughs> but for the weaker brother, they're going, man, by doing that, you're participating in the worship of this false God. Right. And so Paul's argument here is don't do it for the, for the sake of the brother in Christ. Don't do it. Love them. Now there's a word that repeats itself in chapter eight multiple times. And that's the word knowledge. That's the word knowledge there. And it, it starts out, he says, concerning food offered to idols, we all know that we, we possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So what, what he's setting up there is this knowledge that the idols are nothing and that it's not participating in. Don't, don't come and bring your weakness to me and impose it on me because I'm a more mature Christian than you are. I know the reality here. And so I'm going to do what I want to do and it's fine. And don't tell me I can't. He's saying, look, if that's your, you may have the, the greater degree of knowledge about these things, but the, the greater thing is to love your brother, to set aside the fact that, okay, you know that there's no significance in you eating that steak that was offered to the idol mm-hmm. because the idol doesn't exist. But man, for, because you love that brother, you're going to set aside that knowledge and choose to serve that brother by saying, okay, then I'm going to abstain so that that brother's not wounded in the process. Yeah. One of my favorite verses is verse one, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And Paul identifies a kind of knowledge that is ungodly and even worldly. Lots of Christians can get thick heads with lots of doctrinal knowledge and it can be used like a hammer against other Christians who are clearly unaware. True knowledge, uh, knowledge about God, knowledge about his word does not produce Mm -hmm. arrogance. It has the opposite effect. And Paul makes it clear here, this kind of knowledge that the Corinthians have, well, that puffs up, that gives greater arrogance. But love, love builds up. And love is the driver of true knowledge. Right, right. That's it for today. Wow. So 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and Psalm 132 through 135. Wow, we, we crushed it. We did. Hope you guys we come did. back tomorrow with such great lean and mean podcasting efficiency. Oof. Yeah. We're, 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 we're making, we're, this is intentional. Leave a five-star review. Yeah. And, and, and let us know. Tell us how we're doing. Yeah. Only good things, though. Yeah. If you have any complaints, send an email. But if you have good things to say, then leave a review. It complaints, complaint emails can go to... Um, PJ. No, no, no. Oh. Lucas, Lucas at compasschurch.org. Compasschurch.org. Yeah, that's our sending church. He's so our, just send them to him. It's basically a kind of our overseer, our bishop. A little bit, yeah. Bishop Lucas. And when yeah. you refer to him, Bishop Lucas would be appropriate. Yeah. Presbyteros. That, presbyteros. <laughs> that's the word. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're going to end this because it's uh, it's degrading fast. Yep. So, hey, we'll catch you guys tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org, and we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.